swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control Issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to Twitter. Oh, excuse me, X. And my control issues is the handle. AMC, how you living? Oh, living good, living well, A-Dub. <clears throat> Back-to-back weeks. Back in it. <laughs> got, the, got the streak going again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Getting consistent. Yeah, Show some discipline. Yeah. Hey, as long as the news is there, there's a little more incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, we found some news this week, so there is a reason to come back. Uh, so, yeah, week's been good. Um, the usual trying to get my workouts in work has been picking up a little bit. So trying to find little pockets here and there to work out. Um, took Theo to see his first ever movie in the theater. This morning. We went and saw Paw Patrol. He was all about it. Mighty. Loving it. Uh, he was, yeah, he was all about it. He sat for like, you know, the, the worry always at like at his age, will he be able to sit still sat there, sat still the entire time. Other kids were yelling out during the movie. He was sitting there quiet, just absorbing, enjoying. So he was the perfect, the perfect moviegoer. Made me proud. Made definitely me proud his, him. definitely his father's son. Yeah, snuck, snuck in some cookies. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> got to teach him all the traditions. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he got that. It was great. You don't buy food inside the theater, son. Yeah. <laughs> the key is getting it past the armed guards. <laughs> you bring your outside food in the inside yeah yeah so yeah he was all about it enjoyed the movie um for having like you know i didn't have high expectations for the paw patrol movie but it was entertaining low route low was one of the characters of uh, course he was great um i think taji what's her, the taraji p she was uh i think she was the, the main villain in the game she was okay. uh, in, the, in the in the movie she was great um <laughs> in the game yeah not, not, not yet not yet um yeah overall just great overall experience was uh great to finally you know do that first with theo and um yeah overall the week has been amazing how about yourself a-dub how's your week been oh uh, you know it's just it's been a little hot a-dub's been a little lazy and <laughs> trying to trying to get over that getting in back in shape got a couple wake-up calls this week nothing serious just have to like force myself to see things as they are <laughs> instead yeah. of how I believe they are. So, yeah, did that and getting things back on the wagon. Uh, also saw a movie with Lil Rel in it. On Hulu, there's a movie called The Mill. I, I only <laughs> saw, like, the picture of it, but I have no I have no idea what this movie is about. 
Okay, so without go, without going too deep in it, uh, I'll just give you like the synopsis that's on the like the screen when you go select the movie. Like basically, he wakes up in this open air prison with a with a big wheel in it, and is like, "What the hell?" He's trying to figure out what's going on, how he ended up there, and and what it is he has to do to get out. And yeah, that that only begins to describe. <laughs> what goes on in, in the movie? Now, it's for what for what it presented itself to me as. I was in it primarily for Lil Rel. He's awesome. I think yeah. he's, he's having a great run right now. And oh, Vacation Friends Two is out on Hulu as well with him, Yvonne Orji, John Cena. Your boy John Cena. <laughs> John Cena <laughs> just being the, the sketchiest dude to ever live. <laughs> But yeah, that's how it is well. So the mill, man, it, it really caught me by surprise and recommended it to my family. I recommend you watch it. It's yeah, it's something else. I, I want to hear your thoughts about it. Yes. Um, enjoyed that, you know, cleaning up. Uh, A-Dub leveled himself up in in the lexicon of man shit. Uh, I had to figure out what was going on with my toilet, dude. The water just kept running. I've encountered this problem several times over my life. This time I decided instead of running, instead of calling a better man in to get this taken care of, I turned and I faced it. So, you know, went on the internet, looked up, just started looking up different kinds of information and seeing what was going on. Eventually found one dude who had a video show me the, the most common problems whenever that situation happens. One of them was exactly what I thought the problem might be adjusted it myself and since then haven't had the problem yeah <laughs> and i was like your boy got basic plumbing under his belt now so that's that's a that's a good feeling when you when you can see the xp like popping out in life it's like i now i got that that's a skill yes. <laughs> I, can, I, was, I can i can i can break into your house and then fix your toilet. Because <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that water running <laughs> yeah. from my bedroom window. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, though, how cool it would be, like, dude, why why don't we teach this to children earlier? Like, that would make them feel accomplished, give them some agency, let them feel like they're helping. Mm-hmm. And then, like, get the homies together. Like, can you imagine just the crew of the homies as we amass our life knowledge? Just when we're together, the things that we're capable of is if anything happens, oh, you can take care of that. You go get this. You go get this. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Like in treehouse with plumbing. What do you what you want to do with it? <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was cool. I felt really good and accomplished. Like I. There's a weird light that went out that's in one of the fixtures in the bathroom, so I gotta go to Home Depot and get that. But you know, that's just that's the the Skyrim like mining the ore. Like I've I've done that multiple times, so mm-hmm. I already know what that is. But it's just nice to get back and practice. Like oh, that's out. I already know what to do. <laughs> it's just <laughs> on the move. Like I got it in the in the center console of the car. It's gotta stop at Home Depot and go get it. I forget what they're called. But anyway, that's enough about that. I'm chilling, having a good time, trying to get things back together. Got wow. got my birthday coming up. Yes, <laughs> got big birthday, got big big day. 
uh milestones yeah, <laughs> yeah. yep joe to the 40 club with the homies yeah you're welcome to the party now <laughs> yeah start, I, that, start stretching out dumb <laughs> dude i've felt myself rapidly descending into it throughout <laughs> this entire past year it's just like my energy my drive my motivation like there, there's a lot more there's a lot more effort that i have to put in to get the basic stuff to continue being you know on point so yeah it's like <sighs> just uh, coping with that it's like one of those things that like where you know like you know working out like when you're younger is like you know to it's all it's all cosmetic <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um but then once you get older like working out is like what builds like your sturdiness <laughs> to deal with every like everything else yeah. like and so it's like having that good workout like you know work ethic when it comes to working out just like carries you gets you through the week it like just gives you that much more stability yeah. <laughs> and balance and so like that's how i view working out now like it less it was before it was about like you know just looking good now it's like about you know just giving myself the energy required to to deal with the many hats that we have to like just wear on any occasion <laughs> i mean for me it's still about looking good but i also need that energy yeah <laughs> Well, uh, it, um, it's so rough, man. <laughs> I just want to get the word effort like tattooed on my wrist. It's a constant reminder that right. that's what it takes every day for every single thing that needs to be done. Yeah, just like get the the John Cena hustle, loyalty, dedication. <laughs> <laughs> just get that tattooed on your body. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like around my nipples. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Adub. Let's just get right into these. No, no, we'll get into what you've been playing, Adub. So, what have you been playing? You almost went went to yeah. the other day. <laughs> yeah, just skipped it. <laughs> oh man, uh, I finally got back into Overwatch after yeah. quite a hiatus between you know other games. New content for old games, old content for new games, and I don't know. But yeah, finally got some Overwatch 2, got a single, and just went back to business doing my normal Zarya, Orissa, the occasional Sigma, doing that sojourn always, just making it happen. It, it felt wonderful. Got that, got that dual sense edge. I forgot just how it felt that weight. Everything mm-hmm. being precisely calibrated. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I'm just talking shit. But the game, it, it just felt awesome. It felt nice to be back in there, see the new skins, see all the new content, the new balances. Sombra got that rework. And mm-hmm. like, she's different. She's definitely more deadly, but she's also easier to keep track of and deal with. Like, the only time you really lose her is when she goes invisible. But with the way that the transponder works now, you know where it's going to go. It's no longer something where she just comes in invisible, hacks you, shoots you in the back, and then disappears. It's like she can still come in, hack you, shoot you in the back. But when she tries to get away, you know that it's within a predictable range and you can see what direction it's going. So it's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's interesting. I think there's a Roadhog rework that's coming. But everything else is just 
it feels good. It's fun to play. I know we got the Steam players on there now, so it's a, it's a lot more PC pals. And yeah, it's a good time. I also was getting some Diablo 4 in. Of course, you know, trying to chip away as much as I can before Season 2 starts next week and go into a little more detail about that. But yeah, just enjoying it, playing as my, my druid, had to get online. I saw AMC was there, so immediately just hop on and get this rogue out. He's, he's probably closer to me on the levels, and of course, the gap had closed. I think you're, you're rocking a solid 42, 43 to about 48. We got in there helping AMC with the with the campaign, <laughs> going through watching the cutscenes. It's yeah. so good. Like I get to experience critical moments of the story again, but with the homie. <laughs> oh, you, you witnessed the biggest moment that I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, so you finally completed. Yeah. The task of getting the mouse. Yes. <laughs> Dude, yeah, because when you told me where you were in the story, when I logged on, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on for a while. <laughs> so I just had to make sure that I got to see that moment happen. Like, yes, now you have it. Now the world is yours. <laughs> got the horse, got the got the boost, got the come off attack, hop off the horse. Uh, and they're, re they're reworking the the mounts, but again, more detail later. I've been enjoying that. Shipping away at Cyberpunk. Like, I really just wanted to get into it to see the 2.0 stuff, to play a bit of the Phantom Liberty stuff, see the new area. Loving all that content. I can I can ease off of it a little bit. I don't need to play it as nonstop as I was playing it, but it's just still doing it for me. Makes me even more excited for a Cyberpunk sequel. But the main game I've been playing and that I've been spending most of my waking hours on, Forza Motorsport. Ooh. Yes. At first, I was a little reluctant to get it. Like, I just I just wasn't feeling gaming. It just wasn't calling to me. And then I, I told myself, like, look, man, you love racing. You love the, the car PG stuff. You wanted to see what the the motorsport was bringing to the table. You, are, you play Two Horizons now. You got to get motorsport and shot. And we're looking forward to this. Let's do it. Bought the game, booted it up, and just immediately from the moment I, I got my hands on it, just all the way through, I'm like, this was a good decision. <laughs> because the game is it's great. It's It seems like a distillation of the elements that made Forza Motorsport what it is. It's very straightforward. I haven't dabbled with any of the other modes, like, I'm not paying for Xbox Live, so I don't have any access to any of the multiplayer stuff, but there are like featured races and events that can be checked out. There's free racing, but what I do is the career mode, which is the Builder's Cup, and the Builder's Cup has, there's like groups of events. I think it has about half a dozen groups of events, and within each of those is anywhere from like four to five events and within each of those events is anywhere from like four to six races. And, and then at the very end, when you get your reward car, then there's an event where you have to race the reward car. And I think that's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's enough to compel you to like, okay, I finished this race. I can finish this event. And I finished this event, so I can start this next event. 
oh, this next event, that's Japanese cars. Oh, this next event, it's modern muscle cars. Oh, this next event is European supercars. Like you can you can get ready for the flavors. Then when you get in the races themselves, I like the way that's structured. I've seen some some polarizing discourse online about how some people love the car PG mechanics, some people hate it, some people enjoy that you can that they let you do the practice laps before a given race. Other people loathe that aspect and are looking for any way possible to skip it. Uh, the secret there is to me right exit. In. <laughs> yeah, people want to get thrown <laughs> in. Just pause the game, go to exit, skip practice. It's right there. Everyone can calm down. Uh, for me personally, I I'm loving the practice because that's they've made a layer of like process, I'll say not progress, but process that I was already doing anyway. Like you, you have the Gran Turismo's, and what I was doing is they just throw you right in the race. But the problem with that is, I'm not used to this track. I'm not used to this car. I'm not used to this setup with this car. I'm not used to this time of day. I'm not used to this weather. Oh, there's water on the track. That's that's a whole other niggle in the. In the in the blanket, whatever that is. But with with Forza, you get three practice laps. You're tasked with completing those as well as getting a certain lap time. So if you don't get it in those three laps, you have another 10 minutes before the race itself starts. So, you know, most often I'm going through there, knocking out that fastest lap, knocking out lap three, getting out of there, you're getting car experience you're getting you're getting graded on all your turns you're getting familiar with the course you're getting familiar with the car and you're doing it in a no stakes environment where nothing means anything all you got to do is complete your laps try to hit that time and then your car is leveling up as your car levels up you get more parts you can put on it as you put more parts on it you raise its its performance index i guess pi i forget what the i stands for but you're increasing that and you know it's all that feeds into itself so by the time you get to the race you've already driven the car several miles with the setup that you chose for it you've already did the curves you've seen how you get graded you've figured out ways to shave time you figured out ways or spots where you can overtake cars and maybe cut that corner a little sharper or maybe it's a giving over here maybe you got a great card this one maybe it's a you know a blind hill you're going over you got to be careful if it's a sharp turn so you got all that figured out and by the time you get in the race you can just one shot it doing the fastest laps of your life you know bumping into cars not <laughs> you were um in the pre-show you were asking me about the ai of course everybody who's played Forza Horizon knows how that gets down. Sometimes the cars will just slam it in reverse right on the starting line and ram your car for no reason whatsoever. Uh, I'm which glad to say... <laughs> sorry, which is funny, too, is because like it seems like for the casual audience they all prefer that <laughs> like they all like as far as like when they discuss motorsport versus horizon they're like oh like i mean horizon's just like the best and so it's like yeah. it's interesting to then hear the actual like you know the car enthusiasts as far as like gaming like say like no no, no motorsports like the shit <laughs> yeah like don't listen to that but yeah well, I mean, it, it, it depends on what you're after like 
in in those kind of discussions that I've seen, people have been choosing Forza Horizon because there's this discourse about what the colors look like in Forza Motorsport. Like, oh, it's all washed out. <laughs> oh, oh, like the actual look of like the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like and like the trees. The trees don't have that much detail as compared to Horizon. Horizon was open world and everything looks better. I can drive to the top of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, but at the same token, when you're driving in Horizon, there's there's less physics. The cars feel less distinct than they do mm-hmm. in motorsport, more like arcadey. So. Yeah, and it has nowhere near the AI that Forza Motorsport has. Like Forza Motorsport, the cars are actually trying to drive a clean race a bit, but there's just <laughs> sections. There's just sections where you know there's going to be collisions. It's not like they're going out of their way to T-bone you or reverse into you on the starting line but you know if you get if it's like 10 cars all going into a hairpin turn at the same time there's gonna be some bumping and grinding and boy it it sounds wonderful like it's they they got some kind of movie quality audio files going on because like there's a lot of crunch and funk with the with the collisions and even though there isn't a lot of damage being modeled as compared to other games in the past, like you still see the scuff paint sparks. It's just, it's a good time. Like you feel like that's happening and it's like, they found a way to make it competitive without having the game do like too much or any of the rubber banding or the catch up stuff. It's like a lot of people bemoaned, Gran Turismo 7 because most of the races were on a rolling start where you were in the back and it was basically like a you know catch the rabbit kind of situation where first place is already through the first two turns and you're at the starting line but with this game you everybody's on a grid and you can pick where you start you can't start in the first two positions but you can start from three on down the further back you start, the more money you make. And the, of course, that means that you're going to have to race your heart out. And of course, if you start closer to the top, you know, you have a better chance at winning and getting on the podium, but you're in this money. Uh, I usually, I try to start, my rule is uh, it gives you an estimate of where you'll finish depending on where you're selecting your spots. So it'd be like first to third second to fourth or fifth to six or just solid third solid second uh most times i completely defy expectations because you boys just got skills like that and yeah like i I could take a second to fourth and come out first or i I could take like a low first to third come out first no big deal take first and like the first lap no big deal it's nothing to me but yeah it's i like that mechanic so that that quiets those kinds of criticisms. It has the occasional rolling start. It's, and it's just, man, the game's a looker, especially at night in the rain. I know everybody's saying that, but I got I got a co-sign on it. At night in the rain, nothing looks better than Forza Motorsport. Like, I feel like I am driving. And part of that is because as it's coming down, even in third person, the the screen itself still gets raindrops on it and they're blurry. So it's like, you're not really focused on that. You look at the head. It's, it's cool optical illusion. They did a really good job on that. It's just the lighting effects and the water. 
the beauty of all that is like if this was Gran Turismo 7 driving in the rain, you'd be crawling at like 20 or 20 or 30 miles an hour, trying not to slide after every turn. In Forza, it's like it feels like GT7, but just more relaxed. The cars are easier to control. They're less likely to just lose control and just severely spin out or something. Like if you if you mash the gas, you're not just gonna spin your car out like you would in, in GT7. So you know, you still want to drive correctly and appropriately. You want to try to maximize your speed, keep that tire slip to a minimum, just keep moving forward, keep going down a quarter mile at a time. It's about family. You just want to keep doing it. But yeah, this game, it's it's very fun. I'm enjoying it. It reminds me of the Sega GT days. If, I mean, did, were you into racing games at all ever? Like, did you ever play Sega GT? No, I played, uh, I was like into Need for Speed, like Hot Pursuit, things like that. So like, um, it was mainly Need for Speed. Played a little like, you know, the Cruising USAs. And I played one of those Sega games on like Dreamcast, but I, I have no idea which what the name of it was. Crazy Taxi. <laughs> no, no, no! It was like, one of like yeah. I wish I played. Crazy. I, I don't think I actually ever played Crazy Taxi. Kind of thing I'm that. always. I saw it around. Never yeah. bothered to play it. It yeah. just didn't do it for me. Yeah, people talk about it like it's the greatest game ever made. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think I ever played that, but um, yeah, I played racing games, but you know, mainly the arcadey Need for Speed types. Like I wanted to be a cop and pull people over or run away from the cops and try to. Escape the spike strips and all that stuff. Oh, man, spike strips. Uh, yeah, but say, well, Sega GT, like, it was, it was a very refined racing experience. We was an Xbox game. I don't think it, I don't think it made it to PlayStation. It was just, it was all based around like the Ford GT40, or that was the build up to the big car that you get at the end of the game. And it, it was very delightful. I was winning everything in that car. But yeah, it, w- it was very refined. It was just about the events and Forza Motorsport kind of captures that with its its simplicity of how it goes about things while also giving you that a mild element of that Gran Turismo style celebration of the automobile because every time you go into a new cup, it gives you a cut scene where it's showcasing, you know, the the key vehicles within that given event while also giving you some history, giving you some game. Whenever you get on the practice course, you get ready for a race. There's a little, there's a, a narrator voice that tells you a little bit about the track, tells you something that you might not know. Like, oh, when you, when you come here, if you're, if you're precise enough, you don't have to use the brakes. You can just stay at full throttle. So, you know, it's very informative. It does its job. I'm enjoying it a great deal. Think I might buy the car pack at some point. But yeah, man, Force Motorsport. It's doing it for me. Glad I got it. But AMC, what have you been playing? I have been playing two games this week. Um, same two, Diablo 4 and Live Alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll lead off with Live Alive. Um, so push through. So I thought this game was more like Octopath Traveler in that, you know, you choose one of the the multiple options of characters that you can play with. You start out with that person play through their beginning story and then you carry on with that person and eventually unlock other people and build that cast of characters a la like final fantasy six or other games of the past and then eventually go on to beat the final boss i'm not really sure how this game is going to go so i played through 
I told you I started out last week. I started off with um, it was like this kung fu master, mm-hmm. and um, he's looking for disciples. Um, so I played through that, completed that whole narrative, and it just says chapter in, like chapter over, and then I can choose another character. Okay. It was crazy as that when I completed the chapter, it like rolled credits and everything. <laughs> so, oh. so it all the seems people like, involved in making the chapter. Yeah, so it seems like each character is kind of his own like mini story if you will and we'll see maybe it'll it'll eventually grow to something bigger but as far as i know that's how it's going right now like even like the battle designer um was mentioned for that character story so now i'm even curious if they're going to do something like final fantasy 6 in a way where it's like where i choose a different character and it's going to be a whole different battle type (laughs) within the game uh the fact that they like went through like um calling out like which people worked on this specific story so i'll report back next week with that but if that's the case that's something completely different than any rpg that i've ever played yes. where it's basically like six rpg games in one um so yeah but i really enjoyed the story narrative was really good um you know like some of the characters that you get to know along the way in that story end up like dying so i always like that in an rpg where it's like you never know the fate of certain people um you can't get too attached to any character because you might lose them at any point you don't get that enough in games anymore like usually it's who you get is who you got like they're not taking away people as the story progresses or they pull that or they pull that situation where it's like you can lose one the other or if you're really good you can save both yeah yeah exactly how Um, do i save everybody yeah what's what's the best playthrough where i get everybody in the room um so yeah um that was really fun really enjoyed that and yeah really enjoying live alive other than that obviously played some diablo 4 as a mentioned we got to mm-hmm. get that that homie session in so i played a little bit friday night first i was like exhausted so i only played like about like an hour and then passed out right. Push forward with uh that new build was with the sever which is sending out the specter that does the boomerang attack having the curse and then um you know then focusing on like with the golems and the minions and the and the shadow damage or, or darkness and yeah just really enjoyed that kept building around that and then by the time i hopped on with a dub i pretty much had that build pretty much worked out exactly the way i wanted it so then at that point it was time to just push forward in the narrative i remember you said you you were saying that i should probably i don't know if you i think you, it was like in you just <clears throat> throwing it out there when I was playing a lot of the side quests, but you were saying that like you kind of want to beat the uh, main campaign by like level fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started pushing forward because there are just so many side quests. <laughs> like I was looking and I was like, wow, like each area has like twenty side quests that you could like do. So there's no way I'm going to do all that. Oh, at least beat the I think some have like thirty. Yeah. So I, I eventually just started pushing forward the campaign. Also, I wanted that mount. So that was a big thing. So push forward, a dub hop on. It was great. Because I put in some work, our level gap was, you know, shortened a little bit. As a dub mentioned, he was 48. I think I was like 41 at the start of our run, and I finished at 43. So a little yes. bit closer. Um and yeah, like I know the build at this point. It's great. And uh yeah, so we push forward push through some of the 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 boss fights it's great like we're both just holding it down so well finally feel like i'm like uh like i'm holding my own as far as like because i think when we first played together i didn't even have like the ultimate at that point so (laughs) like i saw you throwing out like the 
the, the shower of arrows and i was like what is happening and you're like that's my ultimate baby you um, didn't even have a golem yeah exactly and so now like it's like i have like a full-fledged build at this point and so it was nice we're out there there's some synergy i'm cursing people you're fucking them up with your arrows sending out your rain of arrows i'm i'm bringing out my minion ultimate where it's just summoning co- constant i guess zombies or whatever they are specters and they're just going out and handling business um and yeah and then i i have my synergy with the with the golem uh main attack which leads to vulnerable putting all the vulnerable on all the enemies which then leads to the cooldown of my minions my skeleton reapers wind up attack and then on top of that i have the darkness um with the shadow mages mage skeletons is all over the place and it's great and yeah it just feels like i have a full-fledged well-built character and as you said didn't feel like i needed to go online to look it up i just played the game felt it out and then saw a path and i went down that path and I'm, I'm really liking it right now there you go yeah and yeah we 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 were out there handling business killing elias killing and i don't want to spoil too much shit if you haven't played the game but yeah we're just fucking shit up and it was great i've been loving it i it's a great game i'm happy to have my mounts um i'm liking the the changes to the mounts and the fact that like you know it's not just you get on a horse and you move faster like there's actually some controls with it as you said there's an there's a dismount attack with it so you can like run in there hop off like ghost of tsushima (laughs) and that big attack um so it just seems like they just put like a little more effort into every little bit of the game which uh which i am enjoying and it seems like they're putting a little bit more effort into every little bit of the game with this with this next season which we'll which we'll get into later in the show um so yeah it's it's great i'm loving diablo i'm glad that i'm I'm keeping it the main thing right now because it's just rewarding me in every way when i'm enjoying playing the game and just another great multiplayer game that whenever a dub is available to hop on It'll just make my my run that much better. So it's it's overall it's just a great experience. I gotta say, Doug. We just gotta get you through that campaign in time for the season. Yes, start start that new season. Exactly. Uh, yes. Uh. So yeah, it's it's great. So you know, let's take a quick break and then we will get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. All right, we are back. A Dub, you want to lead off with our first topic of the week? Top topic, topic of, of the week. week. It's kind of, it's kind of a multifaceted situation. So I'll just lead off with the big news so we can address the elephant in the room. Microsoft has completed its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Blizzard, 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 King, Burr. King, King, Burr. King. Freezing. <laughs> 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 Is it, is, that, is that Jeezy? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like what are the what are the dudes? <laughs> I was thinking to myself. I think every every African American man of about our age has this thought from time to time of how Silk the Shocker was one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder what he's doing right now. I need an interview with this man. <laughs> playing games i gotta know what he's up i gotta know what he's been up to like what happened yeah i'm sure he's good i'm sure he's great he was great back then so i'm sure he's just hanging out but anyway yeah (laughs) activision (laughs) activision is now under the microsoft 
umbrella. The megaton has finally made landfall. The we're, we're seeing the aftermath and the fallout in the, in the days to come. But most importantly, everybody can finally shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> That's what I'm most excited about. You know, not not much going on here. So acquisition complete. Uh, another facet of the story is that we got some updated news from your boy Bobby Billions, Bobby Kotick. Uh, he will be remaining the CEO until the end of 2023. In an interview with quotes and all that good stuff from IGN, Wesley Ian Poole, uh, one quote stood out to me where it says, you know, Phil Spencer asked me to stay on until 2023, so I did. <laughs> Not uh, paraphrasing. <laughs> I don't think Bobby would have said it like that. But yeah, so AMC, how do you feel about this this dual Activision Blizzard story going on here? We got Microsoft completing the transaction. We got Bobby Kotick hanging on, showing young Phil Spencer the ropes until the end of the year when he, he goes out with his golden parachute on his horse with no name, it felt good to be on the side. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's crazy. It's a it's a big deal. I know it's a story that like we didn't really discuss because it was one just ongoing, and uh, you know, like it's we like to discuss things once it's finalized because it's there's no point in spending months debating something if it doesn't even happen. <laughs> it's like, well, why why did we even bother spending time on it? It's so um, that's good. That's good that that's finally done. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, good for Game Pass if you're looking for content, because now it's just shoring up that like you have more to roll out in there. Like even with like if they can bring in like older games eventually um, that are are available, it's something that on on a down month instead of you know because with Blizzard, not with Blizzard, with Bethesda, it seemed like almost immediately they were just like we're bringing Doom. Everything is now on Game Pass. Whereas they said this one is going to be a, a slower rollout. They're not going to just immediately bring Diablo onto uh, Game Pass and you know other games that Blizzard has and Activision. So I think it's one of those things that they're going to do like a slow rollout with this, and so that will be good because it'll help fill in those that downtime when they don't have you know other games coming out um, from third party deals or even first party game first party published games. So that's that's good from a content standpoint. Um, also good you know for microsoft if you're if you own an xbox and you were worried about you know the future of xbox and how serious they were and that's not from a micro not from an xbox standpoint but from a microsoft standpoint because they just have so many businesses going on that you know there's always the worry that like microsoft at any point could just be like you know what we're cutting ties we're, we're getting out of the out of the console gaming sphere and we're just going to focus on pc and and word and everything else that we do um this this being like it's Microsoft's biggest acquisition ever. So it, coming from its game studio. So like, and Microsoft acquired LinkedIn. So you know that it's like a, it's a pretty big deal. Um, from that point, as far as, you know, Microsoft giving the nod to Phil Spencer to, to build out this, this vision that he had for, you know, Game Pass. So that's great. That's an amazing situation to be in where you, you want to do something and you tell the people with the money, like, Hey, this will work. And they're like, you know what? We believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Here's $75 billion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spend it all in one place. Yeah, $68.7 billion to be precise. Um, I mean, it's also, it's good for the people who, you know, it's not, I'm not going to act like it's overall all good, but I would just point out the people who it's good for, the people who bought the Activision stock and were sitting on it, hoping that this deal would go through, they, they're going to get their payout now. Um, yeah, it makes Microsoft one of the biggest publishers now uh, in the industry. Um, and yeah, and then just all these studios now coming in. So it's one of those things that, you can you know it's not something that you can expect right now like especially with like bethesda because like the first when this deal first went through everybody the first discussions that everybody had was like all right so what are we going to bring back from the past now <laughs> what are we going to bring back and it's like yeah you dog you do realize like you're not going to see anything from this deal specifically from microsoft telling activision what to do and getting a game out for another like five years because <laughs> that's just how gaming development works now exactly like, it would have to start today <laughs> yeah like Microsoft acquires Bethesda and they're like, you can look forward to the next Elder Scrolls game in 2040. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's not like, like all of a sudden it just changes overnight. But what it does do is it gives a lot of hope um, as far as like the outlook for what could be coming down the line when there is a more steady trickle of games coming. And it puts a little less pressure on, you know, other studios like you know where we saw last this year with like arcane when we're still we're waiting for the, all the games to really come out and you know arcane releases redfall that does bad and we're just like we don't know we haven't gotten a good game in a while for, for <laughs> xbox yada yada but then starfield comes out and it, it writes the ship and now the, like things are looking good looking good and then this deal goes through so overall just a good year for microsoft as far as headlines and headlines that connects with its audience between starfield being one of you know being one of the biggest probably the biggest game i would say like even if it doesn't get game of the year it's the game that ate up the most headlines sucked up the most oxygen um most discussed debated yada yada, yada which is kind of where you want to be especially if it's overall considered a good game and then this abk deal something that people have been discussing for the entire year uh will they won't they can sony block this jim ryan what you doing yada yada, yada. um and then it goes through so two big wins for microsoft in a year where they needed to kind of you know they had a they had a really rough as phil spencer pointed out in in those leaked emails that um came with the ftc leaks um they had a rough 2022 and they needed to bounce back and this this year has been that bounce back and now um if they can keep it coming more steadily um it'll be great and as i said it takes takes a lot takes off pressure from you know the games that are incoming like um What's the what's the game with the the multiple voices that we're, we're still Hellblade, Hellblade too Hellblade yeah like it's like there are expectations for those games but now that there is more games coming uh, more studios yada 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 you know it just takes the pressure off of like that has to be the game that saves Microsoft um, so yeah that's how I look at it Bobby Kotick obviously. It's smart move to keep him on. You can't just take over a company and then just know how they run things. Yada yada. Mm -hmm. You got to have the person who's been, you know, 
at the helm of the ship. <laughs> you got to keep him there for at least a little bit to, you know, just let you know how things work. And then yeah, Microsoft tell you where the bodies are buried. Yeah, exactly. How to, how to break up those unions. Um, yep. so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it makes sense. If they're going to keep him until the end of the year. I know people, they wanted, they wanted that, that walk of shame. If you watch yeah. game of Thrones or where he's just like, people just spitting on him as he's leaving yeah. the office <laughs> as everybody's just, just chanting shame at him. Um, yeah, that's not would be, he would be carried out on a throne. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to his to his gold plated sand with palm leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. And it, I mean, to it his gold plated car. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know it is, it is what it is. I know people don't like Bobby Kotick, but like you can't deny that as much as people like to act like Activision was a struggling just terribly run company it has the biggest game every year the best-selling game every year in call of duty like as much as people like to act like blizzard is is a shell of itself that's all people talked about was diablo when it was coming out and at least up until that first season <laughs> that's all people were discussing was diablo um obviously they have a ton of other great games they've now picked up they don't have to worry about like finding live service games because they just added you know overwatch Diablo. Um, mm-hmm. Damn, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so it's like so on top of what live service games they already had, they just added a couple more into the into the arsenal, which is just also bought those revenue streams. Yeah, which is also good for Game Pass in in a sense because now, you know, it's one thing to have a single player game. Somebody plays it, they beat it, and then they move on. But it's great to have a live service game also on the platform to keep people, you know, occupied as they're in between, you know, single player experiences. So yeah, it just builds out the catalog for them from that standpoint. And I'm a person that still believes in Blizzard that they can, that they make great games. And so it's, it's good to have them on board for that. And then, you know, one that like it gets overlooked because this is ABK, not AB. They just now got that that mobile that 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 other revenue source, which is King, and so you, all you, the K stuff for King. I never knew that. Yeah, so now they got Candy Crush. <laughs> they got that money coming in. So now they just they have they have a lot more revenue streams uh, to then help fund what they want to do from you know from a single player experience standpoint. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. I know people want to see, you know, just a sledgehammer taken to active to Activision so that you can then just get all the things that you have, you always wanted from Activision outside of Call of Duty. Just bust that pinato. Yeah. Which which is good because there are a bunch of games. Obviously, I think Crash Bandicoot and some of the other games are in that in that arsenal, that in that war chest that they can break out. Um, and yeah, so it, it, it's great for Microsoft. Um, I think it's not a thing that's going to be, you know, the death nail to every other, like to Sony and to Nintendo, because they still do what they do and they do it really well. So I think it now just solidifies Microsoft as like, you know, at, in there, as far as being a contender, as opposed to, you know, somebody that was on the slide, they're now on, they're on the right path as far as building backup. So I think that's an overall good thing for the company. What's say UA to? I mean, I agree with what you're saying, man. It's it's the signaling of the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those moments in history where it's like, okay, now, like, I I don't want to invoke 
the metaphor, but it's like, all right, Pandora's box is open now. <laughs> so all we can do is sit back and watch what comes out of it. Yeah. yeah. At the same token, just for the more focused business aspect of Microsoft, their stance, like where they're going to be going forward. This, this is huge. Like you said, all those revenue streams, that's necessary to prop up the kind of business model that they've been leaning into with all this with all this Game Pass. I mean, the big thing with Game Pass is that it's it's going to need to have quality titles coming into it on a regular basis. And by owning this stable of developers and publishers that they have now, they've ensured that at least there's some broad portfolio of quality titles that they can always have present on the service. Because, you know, other titles, it's like, what's leaving the service this month? And hold on to your hat. And, yeah. So, you know, they they got their foundation. They got, they got their white whale. <laughs> so far as the acquisition so now let's let's see where this goes like i want to now i want to see these companies actually focus on this generation of hardware and like let's really get some let's really get some compelling products out and let's get them out more polished and complete on day one like we see how big of a deal that was for Starfield when it came out and people were just like, oh, you know, it's actually pretty well put together. You know, it's still got some issues, of course, that's inescapable. But you know, you have other games where they eventually get it together over, you know, a short period of time later, not the several years arc that we're used to with other games, the Nomad Skies, the Cyberpunks. Like Jedi Survivor, like a few months later, they finally got that performance mode right. You know, Redfall is getting some substantial changes. Diablo 4 has been getting substantial changes. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But, you know, you know hopefully this means that we could, like, okay, we're done putting all the pieces on the board. We're done posturing for position for now. Let's focus on this generation let's get the shit where it needs to go and finish this out strong so that's my feeling but let's get into the next topic of week top topic of the, of the week. week let's see um you know let's this is a story that actually you know what this is we'll go into this one Ado, <laughs> we got we got news with the playstation 5 Ado. <laughs> we're getting a slim model uh we've been you know, there's been a lot of reports like we got the, the slim, <laughs> we got the pro, we got the slim, we got this detachable hard drive. Um, just so many reports, like so many rumors, but you know, we're just waiting to see what Sony had planned next. And so now we finally got the announcement in the PlayStation blog that we're getting a slimmer PS5 A dub. All right. So let's go into this. I'm gonna be reading a lot because there's a lot going on here. So to address the evolving needs of players, our engineering and design teams collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. The same technology features that make PS5 the best to play are packed into a smaller form factor, along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive and a one terabyte SSD for more internal storage, storage, storage. Let's see. The new PS5 has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and the weight by 18%. Uh, 
at 24% compared to the previous models. Gosh darn. Yeah. If you purchase the PS5 digital edition, you can add the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive for PS5 later, as it will also be sold separately at $799 USD. I'm not going to read off the other, other countries. Let's see, or regions. The new PS5 model will be available starting this November in the U.S. at select local retailers, and you can order it directly from PlayStation uh, where available. It will continue to roll out globally in the following months. Once inventory of the current PS5 model has sold out, the new PS5 will become the only model available. Let's see. uh, In the U.S., the PS5 with the ultra hd blu-ray disc drive will be 4.99 so same price and the ps5 digital edition will be 49.99 usd so going up uh 50 bucks and getting that getting that price bump let's see uh, a little more here the horizontal stand will be included with the new ps5 model also, a new vertical stand com- uh, compatible with all PS5 models will be sold separately for $29.99. In that stand, AMC? Yeah, if you want to stand it up, you might have to pay up, it looks like. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I have it standing Dang. vertically. Takes money to make money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do have it standing uh, vertically, so... If I was going to get that slim, I would have to pony up <laughs> to, for that new stand. Let's see, uh, a variety of PS5 console cover colors um, for the new model will be available starting in early 2024, including an all all matte black colorway and that deep earth that deep earth collection that A-Dub loves in volcanic red, cobalt blue, oh, and Jesus. sterling silver. <laughs> the prices of the PS5 uh, console covers will be $54.99. So, A-Dub, what do you think about this slim model, that $50 price bump? I know you already have the, uh, the you have the, the disc drive. And, yeah, this uh, detachable, attachable um, disc drive that you can have with it as well. What do you think about this, this new form factor for the PS5? Well, you know, I mean, what could have been a generally mundane announcement, they somehow... <laughs> to draw some attention to themselves with it. I mean, granted, the Slim has a larger hard drive, so that could explain the price increase. It's just kind of weird to have a digital model. A Slim one costs more than the original. So that's all I got to add on that. But <laughs> it, <laughs> so far as a Slim, you know, it's what's cool. It didn't quite meet my expectations of what of what I expected it to look like, I thought they would have squared it off a bit more than they did. However, it's a very clean look. It still looks like the original. So it's not entirely its own thing. I'm gonna be interested to see what the the different the different faceplates look like on it. Because mm-hmm. with the big one, you know, you big ass wings, <laughs> big flat pieces of plastic. But the Slim having a more compact form factor, I'd like to see what the different colors look like on it, as well as what different designs. Do. Hopefully they get some of the, like the LeBron plates or maybe a Spider-Man, some Spider-Man plates. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really wish they would put more money into this aspect of the business. I'm going to keep saying this until they start coming with more colors, more designs. Like this was 
a huge opportunity to be able to provide gamers with more custom looks for their console without having the added expense of having to buy another console. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just sitting right there. It's this billion dollar industry of official first party custom looks for your console. And they just bumped it. How yeah, it's like, it's like, have fun with it, man. <laughs> yeah. That's all we want you to do. Yeah. It's go nuts. I <laughs> <laughs> just get the most eccentric art, art graduate, like, with a comic book background, with a gaming background, and just let them run that aspect of the business mm -hmm. into the sunset. But I digress. Well, it's cool. So I would I want to see one in person before I really form a final opinion, especially with that kickstand. I just want to see what everything looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll you'll probably catch me at the local Best Buy looking in the case. It's nice to see consoles in the stores now. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they go to Xbox. It's got the got the little man, the little black man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the big man. Yeah, it's like it's uh, nice to know that they that they exist. <laughs> like before yeah. it was like it's like you you saw the sign that they exist, but they were never yeah. there <laughs> to, show, to to truly show you that they were real. Yeah, but that sock X email <laughs> coming yeah. in loud and clear. <laughs> Yeah, we got them for eight ninety nine. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. Yeah, I I completely agree though. Like, come on, man, give give us what we want. <laughs> like, which is like, give us that. Like, if we can't customize it, at least give us a bunch of dope options to you know to make us at le at least consider it. Like, like, hey, man, like, I might I might need that plate. I might have might have to have that plate. <laughs> exactly. Get that ghost get, of sushi, man. Get, get that kakarot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're right on schedule with, with my prediction for the progression of console hardware. It's like mm -hmm. now we have detachable hard drive. It, it's we're not that far from disk drives being like collector's models. I'm already starting to see articles around with people talking about that, like companies saying like, yeah, it's like start thinking collector's editions. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. You already have third-party companies that are putting out physical copies of digital-only games, you know, doing limited runs of that. So why not have a limited run of a console? They already do that. And just if the collectors want that disk drive so that they can then get in the maintain the physical collecting industry i think that's right there around the corner we are looking at it in the face just uh, there's going to be one critical acquisition between those two aspects of the business and then from there it's going to be like oh <laughs> but we'll see i don't know what do i know i'm just a dude on the internet <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into the next topic of the week Topic of the week. Let's yeah, get got up here. Blizzard getting in trouble. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Getting in, getting in trouble. When I I logged on to Overwatch to eat single, try to hang out until he was available. Looking in the shop, scene was new. 
see like, oh, I saw all these advertisements for season seven with Moira having this Lilith skin. I'm all about some Lilith, Diablo 4 crossover. Like, oh wait, you got others? You got Anarius? You got <laughs> you got all you got a paladin? Okay. Let me let me check these out. Let me see if I can earn these for the season. Like, oh, wait a minute. Can only get them in a bundle. What's going on? <laughs> Blizzard locks Overwatch 2's hotly anticipated Diablo 4 skins behind $40 bundle, sparking backlash. <laughs> sparking. That's crazy. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Let me see. Launched yesterday, the Lily skin for Moira and the Naria skin for Farah are both part of the $39.99 Ultimate Battle Pass bundle for season <laughs> seven. Lilith and Anarius are main characters from Blizzard's action role-playing game Diablo 4. Lilith, the demonic mother of Sanctuary and antagonist of the game. Anarius, fallen angel who ostensibly defends humanity. And I was excited about those skins when I saw them. Like, oh, I get to earn some Diablo skins. You know, personally, I don't want to say I'm mad because they're just skins and I feel like they'll they'll come back around in a different way sometime in the future. Like this is just their launch. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> hey, AFC, how do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pay for them. That's for damn sure. But I also wouldn't pay for most skins in general. Like I pay for a battle pass with some skins in there. Um, but my, my rule with the battle pass is always, if there was a new character, then I would get the battle pass, but I'm never, I never really, I've never bought a battle battle pass just for the cosmetics. Like I haven't done it for Diablo. I'm not going to do it for overwatch as well. So not even those mythic skins or all the customizations. I mean, they're dope, but nah, nah, I just, it's just not a thing that like, I, I want to spend my money on. I'd rather put another game in the backlog and never get to it <laughs> than, than to buy some skins. So yeah, it's just uh it's I wouldn't do it, but yeah, 40 bucks, that's that's insane. That's definitely capitalizing on on fandom. And mm-hmm. I, I mean I have no problem with it. Like, you know, maybe maybe Phil is Phil gonna fix this one, A dub? No, no. <laughs> like right, right at the end of the year when Bobby Cotic comes out, like all of a sudden those skins are now free. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, all the all the uh all the accountants are like there's no money coming into the company. You just made everything free. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, it is what it is. It's, it's it's like a welcome gift for season eight. <laughs> yeah. And as I said, like uh, the thing is the game is free and so they're going to make their money up in other ways. And so this is one of those ways. So every time there's something that seems a little, you know, scummy as far as from a greed standpoint uh, from the company, I always look at, especially when it comes to Diablo, well, you guys asked for this, and now you're you're getting everything that you asked for, <laughs> good or bad. Um, if we paid sixty bucks, we probably there could be some way to earn it through you know through loot loot boxes and playing the game, <laughs> engaging with the seasonal content. Where it just kept raining content on you continuously as you play the game. I know, just getting currency so that you can buy the skins yourself, <laughs> like through the in-game currency that you get yeah. from playing the game. But nah, y'all y'all wanted the game for free. You didn't want to pay. You didn't want loot boxes. So now you're getting the skins. You can buy them directly. You don't have to play the game for a thousand hours in order to get go. one skin. There you go. You just pony up now. <laughs> so as I say, it's not something that I'm definitely not having the price. But also, it's if y'all don't want to, if y'all want to 
if y'all want to basically put it on the developer to just give you something straight up, then you're going to end up having to pay for it. And those prices might not be prices that you like. So just be buyer, be like, beware what you ask for in this situation. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate because I like Diablo. I, I wish there could, I wish the people who enjoyed Diablo and also played Overwatch could, you know, be able to enjoy both in one game. Uh, but yeah, they're going to have to pay for it. So we'll see. We'll see how many wills there are out there that are hungering for that Lilith skin. Yeah. I've already seen a few. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's other people out there. Fine. It's so. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, in in light of this news, didn't see anybody mention anything about how they gave you credits at the beginning of the season that you could use to buy skins. Mm. I bought like. Coupled with the credits I already had, I bought like maybe four or five skins. Oh, nice. Okay. Just, Hell yeah. yeah. Changed up. My roster a little bit got that reindeer Orissa. Yeah. <laughs> got that, got that like kind of what, like wolf goddess diva or something, wolf spirit yokai. Oh, <laughs> damn. Know. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Uh, what else did I get? I might have finally pulled the trigger on that, that ash in the swimwear. Mm, okay. Maybe yeah. I don't. Maybe I did. <laughs> I don't. I wanted to get a sojourn one. I wasn't feeling those. And I've got something else that was just like I need to get this because I have the currency. <laughs> like I might have. I might have got a new Baptiste or something like that. And you know, going through my little roster, decking myself out, getting ready to play. Yeah. So, yeah, this sucks. Hopefully, we see those skins again. In, in a different in a different way like yeah, maybe repackage maybe it <laughs> add them to the list let me get them with my legacy credits what's this mm. what's this nonsense you're pulling these shenanigans yeah maybe, this, right? this FOMO <laughs> this FOMO <laughs> yeah, oh, AMC you got our next topic of the week, week to- topic, topic of, of the, the week, week. Um, I want to give this room to breathe so let's take a quick break and we will be right back and we are back with our next topic of the week. Hot topic of the, of the week. week. All right, let's see. Um, so this is a story that I'm not sure if we covered it in the past, but you know, seems like we got some uh, we got some finality to it. So now we can now we can discuss it. So Unity CEO John Riccatello is retiring from the company. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think we talked about this. Yeah, weeks <laughs> after pricing controversy. So this is uh, from Eurogamer. All right, so let's run into this. So this is the setup and that led up to him leaving the company. So at the end of last month, Unity announced sweeping changes to its Unity engine business model that would force developers to pay an additional monthly Unity runtime fee every time their game was installed on top of their existing license subscription after reaching certain revenue and lifetime installment thresholds. Uh, The backlash from the development community was immediate and intense, (laughs) and Unity eventually announced significant changes to its initial plans. And now Unity has announced that John Riccatello, the CEO who oversaw the reputationally devastating pricing changes, will retire from all his roles at the company, president, chief, executive officer, chairman, and a member of its board of directors, effective immediately. It's not even crews. <laughs> yeah, not even yeah. that that Jim Ryan, like I'm a, I'm gonna be here for, for six months, not not that Bobby Kodak. I'm gonna keep you around until the end of the year. 
they told him hit the fucking bricks <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, last thing, uh, Riccatello joined Unity in 2014, and he was CEO of EA prior to coming over to Unity. Mm. So you know, we didn't discuss this because there's just so much going on at the time. I think uh, news wise, and you know. The, the backlash was extreme and intense as laid out by Eurogamer. Um, so yeah, A-Dub, what do you think about this move from Unity to get John Riccatello out of there after, you know, pretty much the development community said, we're done with Unity. <laughs> and that's that's what it looks like to be forced out yeah. <laughs> or to be fired. Like, what's yeah. going on with Jim and Bobby yeah. is nowhere near what this is. Yeah, like we don't even care about your ex- expertise to keep you around. <laughs> yeah. And the dude almost tanked an entire company overnight yeah. in one fell swoop. And probably did. Who knows how... This- excuse me, how this is going to affect him in the long run. But, right, I mean, just the amount of damage is done to their name, to their trust with their customers. Like, there's, it's good. If there is coming back from that, it's going to take a long time. He did all that. I don't want to say by himself, because I imagine he didn't come up with his plans and his policies all by himself. I'm but, sure people like the the board of directors are like, oh, money, money, money. Yeah, <laughs> and you mean you mean to tell us that people are going to be okay with this? It's going to work, right? Like, yeah, right. sure. I work. You you see how big EA is now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So that's it, it's it's insane. So he had, he had to go. Like if Jim Ryan was turning the PlayStation C30 cargo cargo plane into a nosedive, then yeah, he probably would have got kicked out a lot sooner. Instead, my man's going out on his own terms. Uh, your man, Bobby Kotick, I don't want to say he's everybody's man, but that's just a term of endearment. <laughs> yeah. He's going out on his own terms. John is gone. <laughs> Effective immediately. Like That's wild. This it's just crazy to see all these departures, these layoffs, these acquisitions, these the building of new studios, all this stuff just happening simultaneously. Is it's, it's a lot of shuffling around. It's a lot of it's a lot of pachinko balls settling into their various slots, hitting all their different pins. How do you feel about it, AMC? Yeah, I mean, like as you're pointing out, like it just seems like, especially right now there's just very little room for error. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like if a game doesn't do well, you're seeing mass layoffs. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of shuffling of the deck with, um, with like, with developers. Um, yeah. Heads moving on uh, from companies. Yeah. The landscape is just, just changing drastically and not necessarily all because of like failures, but there is definitely like with this situation, like, there's little room for failure. Like you, like you don't want to see your business contract in in a contracting, you know, in an economy that's already contracting as it is. Um, and so yeah, it's uh it's a situation where Unity had to make a swift and quick change after like you know after the initial backlash. They they as pointed out by Eurogamer, they did say that they were going to change up their policy to be to be more friendly to developers. Obviously, it's one of those things that what's tough is. It was so 
devastating to developers because they were like, well, we've already been in the process of developing our game on your engine for years. And now you're changing up the policy on us right before, like before we can even launch the game. Um, and so you trying to get people to come back, assuming that you won't make that same mistake again is pretty tough because it's not like a thing where it's like, well, I can just get a refund for this video game if I, for, as a, from a consu consumer standpoint, or I can try to resell my console and just move over to another hardware. Like this is moving your entire engine like um as far as like your game moving it to a completely new engine which is like a completely different process and so you got to have trust in the stability of you know that <laughs> of the engine maker uh and and servicer and so you're hoping that the policy isn't going to change you're hoping that you know technically there's not going to be any issues with the engine you need all these things to you know, because it's good, it's hard enough to make a good game, but now you don't want the, all this other stuff to get in the way of you making this game. And so, yeah, you need a lot of trust in that in that process to really work out um, so that you can then focus on the creative. And so this was a time where they it forced a lot of developers to look at the business and, you know, they don't have a lot of time for that. And so you got to gain their trust back. And, you know, moving him is a good move. But as you said, like, maybe a little too late or it's just going to be a long time that they're going to be trying to pick up the pieces. And I believe they're a publicly traded companies. So you don't have a lot of time if investors start to notice that, um, that there's just a big drop off in revenue. And a point that a lot of people made, I don't know the business side of, you know, gaming engines, but like a lot of people are saying that they probably did this move because they had to do this move, which is also not a great sign if they're now having to make concessions. Um, mm -hmm. Because if they were in any type of way struggling and thus they had to make such a drastic move to then become profitable, um, that's not a good sign for them as well. One, they lost cu they lost customers, but then on top of that, they're making concessions to the, the few that stayed. Um, so overall, possibly not a great sign for Unity. But as I said, I don't really know about the business of Unity as it is to see if they were struggling before or not. Um, but yeah, um, something to keep an eye on <laughs> moving forward with Unity. But, you know, Unity's loss is Unreal's gain um, and, and any of the other, um, I guess, platforms that indie developers, uh, indie developers prefer to use, they'll now be making their way over there. So it is what it is, as you said ever-changing landscape when it comes to the industry as of right now uh, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like getting pregnant and then halfway through the pregnancy deciding you're going to raise the kid on the commune yeah <laughs> you're, you're somehow trying to change up like the prenup <laughs> yeah. like, i think i should get all the money yeah <laughs> 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 what? Where are you married? Like, nah. <laughs> my lawyers, nah. my lawyers found a loophole. Yeah, I, I didn't realize what I was signing up for. Got to renegotiate <laughs> these terms, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh mercy. Yeah, it's that always. shit is crazy. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else there with the story uh, before we move on to the next? Well, one? I mean, it just it just sucks because, like you said, if, if they are in trouble, then you're already signaling to the world like. Hey, we might not be sustainable. <laughs> yeah. just, like over, like overall, just all the different factors and circumstances contribute to an overall decrease in confidence in that company. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is one of those. Do you, 
you watch Apple TV? Have you watched? Ah, uh, uh, no. You don't watch Foundation? Oh, man. Uh, is that the, <laughs> the, the gaming show? Like the, the developers or something like that? No, it's Foundation. It, I think it's an Isaac Asimov book okay. adaptation. It's mm-hmm. science fiction. Okay. But damn, and I forgot why I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no, I forgot. Uh, you're talking about Unity possibly struggling. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Because they signaled everybody that they're struggling. So, but, oh, what I was saying is that this might be one of those one of those events in history that's a turning point. That's why I thought about Foundation because of, uh, the story is based around this model that this guy made that it models time and events. So they know that, oh, there's this crisis coming and if we don't draw course, then there will be another series of crises that will it would just be never ending. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we need to avoid that. And of course, you know, as things are happening, it's like, well, we missed that point, missed that point, we missed that point. Maybe we could veer back onto the good timeline. Damn. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I love it. But yeah, like maybe this is one of those turning points in history where now games that would have been on Unity go to maybe Unreal 5 or some other third-party engine. And end up being something greater or something different than they would have been if they were released on unity so yeah. who knows i mean the other thing the other thing i i quickly point that i would point out when especially when it comes from the gamer standpoint is that often you know you see with bethesda even cd project red cd project red ended up moving on from their um what was their called again their their engine whatever red engine red engine but, you know, like developer, like gamers, whenever like there's an issue, the first thing they always say is like, well, you need to get ready, get rid of your engine. <laughs> you need to get on Unreal. And you see in situations like this, why, like, like why certain like developers like to have their own engine because they don't like, they don't want to deal with some third party person. Yeah. Changing the prices of Changing all. up the land. Yeah. The situation on them. The yesterday's Jacking prices. up the rent. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday's prices and today's. Like, it's, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you don't want to deal with that. And so you can see why I, I, that might not be the only reason. I'm sure Bethesda, you know, they know their engine, so they, they just want to maintain that. But also at the same point, it's like, yeah, having your own engine just makes life a lot easier because you don't have to think about all that other nonsense. And so you could see why, you know, certain some developers just like to stick to their proprietary situation. Um, but at, the, but at the same token, and I don't... I don't recall if I brought this up before, but when people say like, oh, get get a new engine, it's like, okay, you want them to get a new engine. You want them to get Unreal 5, which is the fifth iteration of Unreal. We've had Unreal for as long or longer than we've had the engine that you're criticizing. So it's like <laughs> Rockstar Advanced Game Engine. What they, they rolled that out with table tennis back in 2008. I think it was right around the time, 2008, maybe 2007, around the time that GTA 4 came out. And then it was basically being being tested out and getting ready for Red Dead Redemption in 2010, I believe. So Rockstar's engine has been out for damn near 20 years. Uh, what else? Naughty Dog's game engine. That's been around since like the Uncharted days. Frostbite. All these other engines, there are engines that people celebrate that are like decades old. It's mm-hmm. like the problem is not a new engine. The problem is 
other studios just have better engines. Yeah. <laughs> other, other places just improve their engines better. Like you aren't seeing a problem with the tools that they're using. You're seeing a problem with the people using the tools. And I hate, I hate to say that because that, that disparages Bethesda as a team. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, it's like people also disregard the things that the engine does exceptionally well. By crafting huge worlds and doing procedural generation and having items that are actual things that exist that you can pick up and move around that are subject to physics that have different kinds of physics. It's like, yeah, the, but like a Bethesda engine isn't doing the things that you want it to do or it isn't doing them on the level you think it should do it, but it's doing other things that you aren't giving it credit for. From Soft Engine, oh, why don't they optimize it? get the frame rate tight it's like well at the same token they're also making one of the like the pinnacle of action games right now and they're just hitting you with this world design and the sound design the lore and the writing how everything's interconnecting and interwoven it's like you really get caught up on like a half frame hitch every now and then or a frame rate drop when you're getting some of the greatest stuff of all time it's kind of weird yeah in my opinion like everybody has an engine with has a problem with Bethesda's engine, but they have no problem with the mods that their engine allows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody that loves flexibility. Like, yeah. Everybody loves like the mod. Like that's when you talk about like Bethesda games, everybody's like, oh, the mod, the mod support's incredible. They're, they're so supportive. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but then they want, they want them to get rid of their engine at the same time. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> and I have seen some people, you know, kicking back on that. Like, yeah, but then you lose that mod support it wouldn't be as robust. It wouldn't be as as free form as it is. Mm-hmm. And then another note, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out 2018. Still one of the best open world games ever designed. Rockstar's in-house game engine been around since 2008. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Get an engine. Yes. <laughs> everything, everything is, why don't you just flip a switch? <laughs> like so easy. Well, why don't why don't you just <laughs> yeah? <laughs> but these are people who are bad at that position. These are yeah, people who yeah. are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's somebody who's throwing a temper tantrum and saying, "Why don't you just like yeah. <laughs> just do what I say?" <laughs> well, it's like you can you can have the baby or you can have the professional. Yeah, there's professional people who are like, "Why don't you just do this and actually make something better?" Mm-hmm. But most people are just, "Why don't you just?" It's like you. You lack a complete understanding of what you're trying to repeat. <laughs> you're just making it worse. Yeah. All right. Well, you got the next topic of the week. Are we are we gonna get to the big one, AFC? Yeah, let's do it right now. It's 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 almost five, so let's hit the yeah, big one. Gotta start rolling it down. Blizzard reveals their five point plan to overhaul Diablo 4's uniques, resistances, and more for season two. Yes. Yeah. So it's a lot of information. They had to split it up between two live streams. They did a campfire chat talking about the season of blood. I believe we we talked about that already. And then they did this next campfire chat about just the structural changes and balance changes to the game itself. Uh, They talked about the resistance system, how how it used to work or how it was supposed to work, depending on who you're talking to. And then 
how it's going to be working now. Before they said it was on something I would characterize as a reverse multiplicative system, but then they say now it's just going to be a straight up additive system. So when you get that that twenty poison resistance plus another twenty percent poison resistance, it's going to be forty instead of some calculation that gives you thirty six. <laughs> Things of that. I don't know. Hey, it, the other one with the diminishing return sounded interesting, but hey, if it didn't work, it didn't work. I'm looking forward to perhaps elemental damage playing a bigger role in the game, perhaps on both sides of the ball with the enemies as well. Uh, being defended against that, they mentioned that you know by level 80, you should be able to get the maximum elemental resistance in most of the categories. And then beyond that, if you added to your your maximum resistance, that would actually be like a bigger return than anything in the lower levels. Like, you know, if you if you increase your your resistance from like seventy percent to seventy five, that's a bigger jump than from like twenty to twenty five. And I do the math, but we aren't on video, and I don't have my whiteboard, my lucky whiteboard. So you're just gonna have to believe me and take it at face value. They also reveal that they're going to be changing up the way that the uniques are generated in addition to adding more on top of making them target farmable, where you can pick a boss and there's a likelihood that they're going to drop a particular unique that you can need for your build or just for your collection while you go off and do other things. AMC, what were some changes that you saw that you're interested in. I know you're getting close to the end of your campaign and soon you'll be season ready. Um, How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, because it's interesting because I didn't experience, you know, the in-game content that was, you know, so controversial up to this point. I'm uh, so ready for you to get there. It's it's not like they changed the content itself. Like, they've changed things about the content. But it's not like there's, like, more or different events and things. Like yeah. They increased the monster density and in the nightmare dungeons they changed up the level scaling they yeah. you know they tweaked all kinds of things but you yeah, know the end game is still largely what it was yeah um so were the this was in last week's um fireside chat or whatever um they were those five world bosses were they not there before are those no. are they so that that's cool. Um but yeah the big things I guess for me is I'm I'm really curious to see uh Kind of the so they had discussed how a lot of people were focused or were you going to get to the the whole you know vulnerable critical overpower damage like focus mm -hmm. and how they were reworked are you going to get to that or should we just discuss that now you can get to it yeah okay um yeah so i'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to work because that is definitely something i was taking advantage of was definitely vulnerable oh, absolutely. Um, all the time yeah um my golem his smash attack creates um, you know, a wave and everybody within that wave gets immediately marked with vulnerable. And then I would just notice like the moment that happened, just immediate meltage of every enemy <laughs> in that wave. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. And so I am curious because they did say that they're kind of tweaking it in a way where that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be the main focus as far as like just damage output. So you are going to see numbers come down there, but everything else has been brought up to balance it out 
So I am curious to see how that balance is going to work because I do like the idea of that they notice, and I like when developers do this, especially like this is the beauty of live service games is when they can see that the community has like kind of figured out, I guess, a loophole in a way, or at least like an area of focus. And so they're all just gravitating towards certain types of types of builds focused on certain types of damage. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, well, we want to, we want to balance that out a little bit. They do that great with like Overwatch. They'll see that all the time. Like people will just, all right, McCree's OP. Well, how can we change that up to keep him still strong, but not how to make it so that he's the only character that's being used when it comes to damage types. And so I like that they're giving more value to the other types of builds that you can go for. So your other damages are going to be more impactful there if you if you focus them in the right way. So I, I want to see that happen. I also like I like that they're that they're putting an emphasis on making the uniques even more uh, special, even yeah. though I haven't gotten to the point where I can get uniques. So I am I'm very curious to see once I get to that point to see like how that's going to flush out my build i mean you're you're more of an expert here so I, you can discuss like at least as you said like the numbers might be funny but how did it feel as far as like the resistances in the uniques in and up to this point before you know the rework well up to this point i didn't have too much exposure to the uniques i believe well the thing is the uniques are indeed unique and that's what plays what plays them up as well as plays against them because if they drop and what they are is geared toward what you're doing in some way, then that's something that you can add into your build and go with. Um, but if it's completely incompatible, it's just a thing that does stuff that doesn't really help you because you are spec that way or, or probably can't even spec that way. So, I mean, with my sorceress, there were a few uniques that synergized with the way that I was building her. So I was able to add those and they were indeed game changers, even, you know, before season two and all the changes that are coming right now. But, you know, on my Druid, I'm just having a hard time trying to find anything that I'd be able to integrate into that build that would, you know, at least add a little bit that, you know, would compensate for what I was taking away instead of, you know, everything's like werewolf or werebear and poison while a werebear or when you shapeshift or when you, like all the things that I'm not doing with yeah. Druid and don't plan to do. Like, like I told you before, I'm just a regular Druid, no shapeshifting, just all nature magic and, you know, fortify. Mm-hmm. So just doing that, casting lightning everywhere, hit people with access. That's how I get down. It's an auto mage. There's just yeah, there's and there's just no uniques for me, which is crazy. So I think it's awesome that they're increasing the stat ranges that the uniques cover. I think it's awesome that they're giving uniques their own category of stat affixes that you won't find in other gear. I also think it's awesome that they're boosting the effects, the unique effects of the unique as well. So, you know, they really are juicing those up to be like, hey, this is something that's very powerful and it's, it's going to change your build. It's going to add to your build. I think with these changes, it might even get it to a point where it would, even though it would make sense for my build, perhaps the the stat bonuses and the things are so great 
then it still outweighs something that was geared toward my goal. So I'll have to see. Right now, Unique's just it's it's hit or miss. Like I feel like with the way Uniques are, you would have to look online and find a build that leans toward Uniques or like get some kind of guidance. Whereas I feel like after this upcoming patch, just buffing them in the way that they are, it might make them viable even if they aren't geared toward a specific build. Uh, another thing I would say, just because you're were, you were talking about the wizard and you know elemental type, that I did see that was cool and I want to see them play around more with is um how they're they're creating a little more synergy between certain like skill types with the unique so like how like they showed a, a, a druid that had what like yes. torn the tornado <laughs> around him and then he was casting the boulders and so the boulders are getting sucked up in the tornado and just yes. acting as like a rock wall in, in a sense yes. with this knockback damage um and so this yeah, and that's like some shit like, you know, like Naruto and they're like, what? He he has two jutsus that like work yes. together. So like you do like the water and the earth to make mud and shit like that. Like, um, so um, yeah, like I want to see more of that in other classes because, you know, one sorceress, like she she has all types of magic. Um, necromancer, you got minions, you got blood type, you got bone. So if they if they could figure out like ways within certain types of builds to like build more synergy with with the um you know, with the skills that are tied to that, I think that could just take it to another level because there's there's one thing to have like that that base build, but then when you have that unique and it just becomes like a legendary build because yeah. or a unique build because you're just like, I got this skill and this skill and these skills combined just do like, just make me uh, a god <laughs> in a sense. I want to see more of that happening because that that is like one of those things like I always loved like with... uh. Diablo three, like this isn't the same thing, but like, you know, I get certain things and it's like, I, I had hellhounds and then I got like one thing and all of a sudden I had like a super hellhound, which was like just huge and the one big overpowered. Dog, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> overpowered. Like I want to see stuff like that where it kind of just um, like, tr like transmorphs like certain skills to make them bigger than what they were based on the unique you have. Um, so I want to see them play around with that because that's going to be something that will take it to a, another level as far as like the different classes and what you can really do there. Well, speaking of things going to a different level, <laughs> we got some we got some participants, we got some <laughs> some audience responses, <sighs> we got some hate, we got troll of the week, week. troll of the week, troll of the week, troll First troll. We're on season two. They're already trying to overhaul the unique items. That's embarrassing as hell. Blows my mind that after almost 30 years of making action RPGs, they still totally suck at itemization. Blizzard has been a joke at this point for far longer than they were quality. Far longer. <laughs> Far longer than they were. They were they were bad longer than they've been good. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says game is dead. It'll see a spike in players when the new season starts, but a month later, it'll be dead again. Damn dead on arrival, season two. <laughs> First show says walk forward, mash X. Walk forward, mash X. Walk forward, mash X. Boring. <laughs> 
No, back to Diablo now as a button mash. One button. <laughs> yeah, it's a button mash. One button builds. <laughs> and the last troll. Just that, that that basic skill attack. Yeah. It's the only thing you're using. <laughs> you're basic. Like, damn. <laughs> what if. I That's mean, a pretty what strong you... basic, though. <laughs> business. Like... I mean, dude, I, I tried to do that a number of times in Diablo 3. Like, with the Crusader, it's really easy because you can really jack up your, your attack speed. It's just so big. Like I just had that hammer, just whap, whap. <laughs> all that. It was um the flail, so it wasn't a basic skill, but it was like your secondary. It yeah, was just, I would just build up my resource with that quick, just whap, 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 and then bring out that that mace. And just whap, 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 whap. yeah, <laughs> it was like I called it. I called it the lawnmower. It was just I would just chop my way through everything in front of me. Nothing could stop me. <laughs> And then another one button build is just my my wizard. Like I had I had the incinerate, which was the heat ray that created flaming tornadoes at the point of impact, and the tornadoes had an effect that sucked enemies in when they were summoned. So it was just this death, it was just this vacuum death fire tornado beam. <laughs> Like off screen, just sucking in enemies that are even further off screen. Yeah. Melting. Unbelievable. But this last troll coming with that oldie, but that goodie, that, 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 it's a strong, <laughs> strong, a strong trolling from, from deep in the gut. Dead game. <laughs> Dead game. <laughs> AMC, me and you all last night. First of all, handling business, having fun. I've been playing sporadically here and there, just doing what I do. Uh, I on my game, I turned the crossplay back on, and of course, seeing people went took down a world boss. The did a legion event. Plenty of people there. Plenty of people, all levels, all ranges, having a good time. Diablo is far from a dead game, and once it gets that season two, season of blood. It's gonna get that shot in the arm, that B12, that vitamin C, just perk it right back up, get it right back to life. People will be on it. Oh, oh the game's good now. It's been good. It, you were sleeping. Get it together. AMC, you got anything for them? Nah, I mean, the moment that they started announcing the season two, I could see the chatter changing. People were all about it all of a sudden again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, because I, they I, fixed their resistances. Yeah, I'm on the Diablo 4 subreddit and people are just they're they're like, oh, the game is turned around. Like, I'm super excited. So, I mean, it, it's good. At least, you know, as I always say, especially with live service games, you, you, you shake the tree, get all the bad fruit, <laughs> get all mm-hmm. get it all off. And then now it's just, you know, it's the real community that's stuck around that that are willing to go along for the ride because they just like the core experience and they want to see how it's going to evolve. And so, yeah, that, we're at a good place now with Diablo. I think it's just going to be the people who like it. And then there's going to be, you know, there's going to be the ignorant people that say like, nobody's playing Diablo. I haven't heard anything about it. And meanwhile, while like millions of other people are just playing it, having a good time, not, not talking to those people. So hundreds of hours. Yeah. If you hear people say like, Oh, like, I haven't heard anything about Diablo in a while. That's a person that doesn't play Diablo, so yeah. <laughs> just just ignore them. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be speeding up that grind from mm-hmm. from the eighty to one hundred forty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a reason to come back. Oh, it takes too long. Well, it doesn't take as long anymore. 
So there you go. I just new abilities. They they rework the uniques. It's gonna be new uniques. There's gonna be new in-game bosses. You can target farm uniques if you want to. They're they're tweaking classes. They're making they're making paragon abilities that weren't as useful as they could be into more useful aspects. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they're they're flipping around all kinds of stuff. They're even changing the language of certain effects in order to, you know, make them more useful. I think the analogy they use is like this one effect worked when you hit enemies in the back on a Tuesday. And now it's just gonna work <laughs> when you hit enemies. You know, they're they're doing their best. And mm. they're making positive changes every time they make some big update. It changes the game for the better. And I always thought that the game was in a good place to begin with. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put hundreds of hours into it. I wouldn't have gotten a character to level 100, another level 80, and 40, 48 at this point. I'm 48. That's right. So, you know, the beauty of this is that they're going to be supporting this game for years. <laughs> You can stab in and stab out wherever you feel like it. If you feel like they made a blunder, cool, peace out. If you feel like they got it together, hey, welcome back. Still, There's a battle pass for you. <laughs> Whatever you want to get in, there's a battle pass for you. Troll of the week. 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 Ah, um... Do you have any quickets? If we do, we have to take a quick break. But well, I mean, I could just say, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, I was going to talk about Nintendo. We got the reveal of the new Mario voice and Luigi too. Uh -huh. Let me see who is it. Oh, this Kevin. Uh, I don't. Uh, I almost didn't put any respect on his name, and that would have been wrong. So let me. Put this together the way it needs to be put in. So the new voice of Mario is going to be a gentleman by the name of Kevin Afghani. And who is, he's taken on the role of the iconic plumber as well as his brother Luigi. Oh, we got the same person doing. My man is Mario and Luigi. Do you think he gets two checks? Hey. <laughs> No, nah, I think he just gets one. He gets a, a 1.5 check is what how I think that works. That's some bullshit. We need to go on strike and get some reward. <laughs> AMC, how do you feel about the torch being passed to, to the new blood? Uh, yeah, I, I got to hear the voice first, but I'm sure Nintendo knows what they're doing. I, I don't mind. Um, And yeah, there's maybe this this guy is this person is so iconic that they're they're worthy of two characters. So I and you know there's just not a lot of talking in general in Mario games. So why not have one person do the voice of both characters? <laughs> like, because there's only so many lines of it's a me or Mario or you mean, you mean it's a me. Yeah. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a me Mario. Um, so yeah, it is what it is, but um, yeah, I, I have no, I have no issues with it. Um, I, I think it'll work out to be perfectly fine. I mean, it's going to happen. Mario may live forever, but his voice actors won't. So yeah. you got to keep passing the torch in order to keep the flame alive. Yeah, exactly. You got any quick hits? Nah, I am, I am out. Well. This is control. <laughs> 
Fire Baby. Oh, there we go. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Control the shoes!